It's red on red in prime time on Sunday night. Welcome to Sports Talk KC. This is DB fourteen ninety two. This is Lee eighty six. What it do, KC? Hey, what's going on? This is Cal y'all, aka Cowboy. Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. We're gonna kick it off with the Thursday night game. Was was, was a shootout down in uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle was able to take it with a one point victory over the LA Rams. Uh, just let me give you a couple game stats on the winning team. Uh, we had um, Russell with uh, 17 uh, passing, 17 uh, catches with uh, 23 attempts, 268 yards with four TDs, zero INTs. The uh, leading rusher was Carson with 27 carries, 118 yards, zero TDs. And their uh, leading receiver was Disley. With four receptions, 81 yards, zero touchdowns. Lockett right behind him with 51 yards and uh, one touchdown. Uh, didn't get the chance to catch the game because I was at work. But, uh, Lee, why don't you give us some of your input on the Thursday night game? Yeah, I'm like you too, Cal. Uh, I really didn't see too much of this game. Um, a little bit I did tune into you know, Russell Wilson and, you know, the offense, you know, they were, they were getting at it. Like you said, it was just a back and forth ball game. Um, but like I said, Seattle just had enough, you know, made enough plays against um, the uh, LA defense and things of that nature and pulled out a nail biter. Like I said, they're, they're calling that pretty much the, the bet, the game of the year so far this year so people trying to say you know Russell Wilson um this is the game where he kind of took the MVP race by lead over our boy Pat Mahomes a little gibberish like that so but no, I really didn't check out that game man but it was a good game you know they, they pulled it out that was pretty much uh, my take on that and uh I kind of agree with you uh Lee with uh with uh with Russell Wilson with them up there talking about he took the uh, the reins over the MVP. I do think that Russell Wilson is underrated though. I I, I will say that he is a uh, he is a playmaker and a game changer. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, as far as the game is on that first touchdown when he just threw it to the back of the corner end zone and Tyler Leica got uh, caught it and got those uh, two feet in. I mean that that ball was pretty and that catch was pretty too. <coughs> And uh, yeah. and then he threw another one where it was just right on the money to D- DK Metcalf. I know Cal wanted DK Metcalf in the draft for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and uh, and he runs that four three speed. Um, he seems like he can get a little bit more separation than Harmon at this time to me. Um, but as far as the game go, um, uh, Ty Gurley. I mean, he was in there. He got two touchdowns, but. I mean, they're not working him like they were before. Um, they got that other kid that they drafted in there. And uh, like like you said, man, it was just a back-and-forth game. And then towards the end, I guess uh, the Rams had a chance to uh, to actually win the game, but the kicker missed the field goal. So, mm. yeah, at least that's what I heard. Wow. If I'm wrong, uh, y'all can let me know about that, but. As far as yeah. I mean, like, 
I mean, like you said, from what I saw, because I only watched the first half of it. I mean, it was going back and forth, forth. And then before we got on, I was trying to watch the rest of it on the on YouTube as far as highlights go. And it was just like just one of those good games that go back and forth. So I enjoy games yeah. like that. So Yeah, like 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 you were saying with uh Russell Wilson. He's just one of them quarterbacks, man, where you know he's go he's go, you know, create an extra second two seconds in the pocket to make a play he has that scrambling ability uh i respect his game you know um he's a he's a prolific quarterback and so you know they already like i said they trying to narrow it down like yeah it's gonna be a race between him and pat you know so i can i can give with that. i can give mm-hmm. with that yeah 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 i'm cool with that but you know it's a long season that was hell of a win by the by the Hawks. It's hard to win up there. Yeah, it is. And I can understand the comparisons between Pat and Russell. You know, they both come from baseball backgrounds. The game is both kind of similar. You know, uh, Russell been doing it a little bit longer and uh, has uh, a few more wins under his belt. So, like, I, I do like that battle for the uh, for the MVP. Those would be the two-tier players I go with. You know, Brady's going to have to toss his hat in the ring because he's Brady. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I like the battle between Pat and uh, Russell. Um, we also have a stupid bitch of the week or stupid ass, crazy ass occurrence during the week uh, with the KU uh, situation. Snoop Doggy Dog, baby, I guess shut down the halftime performance. This was just brought to my attention minutes before the show. I didn't catch it. Uh, Lee, go ahead and uh, tell us what happened with the KU uh Halftime debacle, I guess. <laughs> well, from what I see, traditionally, the KU basketball men's uh, program, they traditionally do a what you call like a kickoff, uh, like a kickoff thing to the season. And you know, okay. it's, you know, pretty much family and kid orientated and as you spoke like Snoop Dogg Snoop Dogg performed you know it was called the midnight it was called the midnight uh, madness or something like that whatever they were calling it and so Snoop in fact indeed you know indeed performed and it was just like you know one of the things where they kind of like damn you know with with kids being at the venue and you know, uh, uh, so many elderly alumni and stuff like the stuff that it was okay that Snoop was performing, but they trying to act like, oh, since he, you know, had his strippers, you know, on set and stuff. Yeah. So like I was saying, man, it was just one of those, uh, with the KU men's basketball, uh, program, this is an annual, it was an annual kickoff to the season. And, you know, now it's all this, you know, rah, 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 and uh, speculation, you know, as if to why Snoop Dogg continued with his usual uh, show performance uh, with the strippers being engaged on the set with the stripper pole, uh, had like a money gun where he was shooting money into the crowd. Um, We all know Snoop, man. It's very rare especially when he does his classics and things of that nature. He, he's not going to edit it 
you know, his music on set, especially when he's doing a show, you know, in front of a lot of people like that. So, you know, now this talk, oh, we didn't know. Man, that's some bullshit. Y'all knew Bill Self even made a comment. Uh, that's the coach of the K- KUJ Hawks. He even made a comment like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Snoop ain't going to just, you know, come to Kansas without some money being thrown his way. Like, ha <laughs> like, wink, wink like nuts nuts type of thing like and you know it's some it's some uh drama being swirled around because bill self made that comment now with him and families and thousands of people you know promoting promoting weed and stuff like that strippers and money being flown in there it's a big old it's a big old mess now so you know they're already it's a whole big deal out there in lawrence kansas uh like I said, they're on their investigation with the stuff with the Adidas and you know all this stuff with with uh, with athletes coming coming to the program and stuff like that. So it's just it's just a whole bunch of speculation and a whole bunch of uh um just just facts coming facts coming from every which way with this KU situation. That's my take on that. Y'all know Snoop. Y'all know Snoop gonna do what he do. Don't try to act like now because he did what he did. Oh, y'all didn't know he was going to do all that. Nah, scratch all that. Y'all, y'all knew Snoop was coming to perform at this a oh, while. Wow. So that's my take on that. I'm going to swing it to beats on on this. Yeah, these stupid bitches. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know who you fucking book? You book Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg's going to do what the fuck he want to do. Shit. And uh, he has that right to do that. Um I, I mean, I, this is so fucking, this shit just pisses me the fuck off. I swear, right. I swear dude. Um, just as far as like um, Bill Self and the athletic director, they're talking to the newspapers and stuff afterwards or reporters afterwards talking about they didn't know and that they didn't know that there was going to be strippers and something with the post. Uh, motherfucker, they set the motherfuckers up. You should have known something was going on. And then, plus, before you do anything, as far as the performance, you're gonna have a sound check. So it's not it's not like y'all didn't know. Y'all just mad at probably some backlash from some old white people, SM Lawrence and shit that was at the show with Facebook mm-hmm. grandkids and shit that they mad about that. So they gotta have a conversation in the car about that. I don't give a fuck. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Let me let let me chime in on this shit, man. Uh I I didn't catch it, man. I'm gonna have to watch it. But uh I'm I'm gonna say it like this. The money was in the building at the KU uh situation. The alumni, the guys that uh produce the money on the back end for the uh, sports funding and everything like that. Yes, Snoop brought his performance and everything. They knew, well, they knew what they were going to get out of Snoop. The alumni, the money, the big money guys in the back with cigars didn't like what was going on. Uh, They probably had their grandchildren out there, little Jimmy's getting exposed to a little bit of ass shaking up in Lawrence. (laughs) And he's probably gonna want to date a black woman from now on. <laughs> they were exposed. 
to the money throwing, the uh, the ass shaking, the of Snoop Dogg's ladies on the stage. Like I said, it just was a backlash from the money uh, situation, man. Uh, the guys that that's funding this uh, KU thing, man. That's what I think it was, you know, because they knew what Snoop was going to do. Yeah, man. It's a college event. It's, it, it really wasn't no need for him to tone it down. And if they knew it was going to be families there, I'm pretty sure they would have had a talk with Snoop about it. Like, can you not have it so vulgar and things of that nature? Because, like, if he goes and performs at the uh, – on a main uh, network award show, they're not going to allow him to cuss and stuff like that. So they could have set the tone for it. So it's really not Snoop's fault. He was just being Snoop. So that's really all I got to say on it. Lee, you got something else on it? Yeah, if you – I agree with what uh, 100% what you're saying. If y'all wanted it to be all peachy peachy and shit, had a Backstreet Boys come and perform or something like that, why have Snoop do it and then try to criticize his performance? He did y'all a favor to come. Snoop is big, man. Snoop is an OG in the game. Snoop didn't need to come to Allen Fieldhouse and do that. Y'all threw the money at him. Like Beats was saying, it was backlash, no, no racialing, no, no, no racial fire stuff or whatever, but it was backlash from some white folks or whatever. Like you said, their kids or grandchildren was probably exposed to it. Like I said, uh, I have plenty of white friends and stuff like that. Um, you know, white friends that listen to us talk, you know, as amongst men on our podcast. So nothing racial fight, but that's just how it is, man. You go back to the Fab Five and all the racial stuff that was embarked on them when they were at the University of Michigan and stuff like that. That shit is real and that shit goes on. There is just some racist alumni at these universities, period, point blank. That's all that was. And like I said, yeah, it was uh, the money side that was pissed off. You got anything else you want to say on the topic, Big Beats? I was just going to say that, one, for one, not to, I guess, like, Lee, not to be racist, but Lawrence is pretty much, like, white people as far as population. Um, two, I don't think the alumni had a problem with it until, like I said before, you had, well, I guess whoever – who. If the alumni, whoever threw the money for the show, and just the people that showed up to the uh, to the uh, event was upset about what what the performance was, then that's when Bill Self and that uh, athletic director, you know, spoke to reporters afterwards, uh, scrutinizing Snoop Dogg's performance. Um, like I said before, I don't think he's Snoop Dogg. I don't think before. He didn't, they needed him more than he needed them. Um, and in that case, um, let me do my show or get somebody like, like he said, Backstreet Boys or whoever, or some country, uh, some country music musicians or something like that. I don't know. I don't, but yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it, man. Well, yeah, we're just moving along from the uh, stupid bitch of the week. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, uh, KU is definitely taking a lot of L's, and I can see them definitely uh, continuing down the line for KU. 
definitely not a KU fan. It's Missouri all the way over here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but let's move it on to a, uh, another big Sunday night or well, Sunday game that we all decided to talk about, and that's the cow, Cowgirls. Cowgirls versus the Packers. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, swing it on over to you, uh, Lee. What do you think about the Cowboys and the Packers this week? Where is this game played at? Is this game played in Lambeau or in Dallas? I believe it's played in Lambeau, correct? I, have, I was going to say Dallas. I have no idea, to be honest with you. Let me uh, double check. I believe it's in Lambeau. Because that, that, that makes a difference how I'm going to go with this game. And let me double check real quick. The game is being played. Oh, it is being played at uh, Cowboy Stadium. Okay, so it's at AT&T Stadium. Okay, you swung it to me yeah. on this game. This is going to be a good game. Um, like I said, man, the Cowboys or the Cowgirls, let me correct myself. Sorry about that, fellas. The Cowgirls have so far exceeded expectations. Um, we know what Aaron Rodgers, you know, is going to do. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of being one of those things with the pack. You don't know how it's going to be, like I said, with a new coach in hand and, you know, Aaron Rodgers trying to, you know, run the ship without Mike McCarthy. But they, they've been on point so far. Um, I did see that one of Aaron Rodgers' uh, main targets, Devontae Adams, will probably be out for this game due to turf toe. So that will be big. Um, I still think it'll be a good game. Um, uh, really don't have too much for this game. Like I said, it's considered the game of the week just just with both of the team's respected records. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowgirls in this game. Um, I just think back been making XP exceeding expectations, <laughs> you know, at the quarterback spot. So, you know, Zeke, I think he'll, you know, eat in this game. I'm going to go, yeah, it's going to be a close. It's, it should be a good game. I'm going to go with the Cowgirls sneaking one out, exceeding expectations once again to give them uh, 30 to 30 to 21. Go with the Cowgirls in that one. But that, that should be a real good game, though. It's my take on that one. All right. Uh, as far as this game, um, you have Aaron Rodgers going against uh, Dak Prescott. Um, Aaron Rodgers does not have his leading uh, rusher in this game. I still forgot the brother's name, but they still have that backup Jones, number 33. And like Lee said, Devontae Adams is probably out for this game with turf toe. That tells me everything I need to know about this game, to be honest, because, you know, on the other side, you still have um, the Dallas defense with Marcus Lawrence. Um, uh, what's that kid's name from Boise State? Vander Esch? Um, yeah, yeah, with that, their middle linebacker or outside linebacker or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then you still got Byron Jones on the outside. Um, 
Yeah, and then for offensively, you still you got Amari Cooper, you got Zeke, and then they have the uh Randall his Cobb. backup. You have his backup, and then you have um Randall Cobb, you got uh Jason Witten. So I, I'm with Lee. I'm taking hold on, let me rephrase that. How about them cowboys? Um <laughs> Uh, 27-24 uh, Cowboys. I think Aaron Rodgers will do some stuff to make it close, but I mean, as far as on the outside, he don't have nobody, and then as far as the running game, he don't have anybody either, so it's going to have to be the Aaron Rodgers show if they want to win, so I'm going with the Cowboys. You know what? You two guys just really uh, <laughs> disappointing me right now. Hey, <laughs> No, 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 no. You had a chance. Let me talk. No, you had a chance. No, 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 I hear it. No, no. <laughs> I could never imagine in my life going or siding with the cowgirl ever. <laughs> I will take the Packers over the cowgirls. It will be a tough game. I will say that. It has to be Aaron Rodgers, all only Aaron Rodgers. But I'm willing to take that bet over the Cowgirls. I cannot side with them. I can't stand the Cowgirls. I hate Jerry Jones. I hate, I hate everything about them. So, uh, if some of you guys want to say after uh, after this, go ahead and chime in. But I will be taking the Packers uh, with a very tightly tight. I think it'll be a tight game because Packers do have the. Like I said, he uh, Aaron Rodgers' offense is a little uh, staggered at the moment, but I'm going with uh, the Packers game. Uh, I, I can't take. Uh, <laughs> only thing, I, only thing I was gonna say was, you know, I said Aaron Rodgers got some whippings, whipping tree, kind of banged up right now. Dallas is at home. It's just, you know, it's, it, it's tough as it was for me to make that prediction. You know. Uh, I just think it's too much, man. Dallas is at home. So they kinda on a little high horse right now. So Yeah, yeah. Well on that, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and move it on along because like I said, I cannot go with um the fucking um Cowgirl. Cow Cowgirls, the I can't do it. But anyway, uh let's move it along. Um, I kind of wanted to go back to the uh, this is a little bit off kilt, but I wanted to go back to the Super Bowl uh, halftime event. We kind of talked about it a little bit before the show. Uh, a lot of the Florida based rappers, Rick Ross, uh, Trina, Flo Rider, and all those guys are a little bit upset about not being on the ticket for the uh, NFL halftime event which is being, um, I guess, Jay-Z has a hand in it. Uh, me, myself, I don't see Rick Ross, you know what I'm saying, being on that stage. But, like, someone like a pit bull or uh, – I don't listen to Flo Rider at all. <laughs> but uh, his music is kind of like that happy, you know, type rap, you know. So I, I could have seen them maybe being on the stage with the ladies as for a little uh, – Medley of some of their hits, but uh, let me go ahead to you, Lee. And uh, what do you think about Florida rap based rappers being a little bit upset about not uh, receiving the invite for the NFL halftime this year? 
Well, yeah, it's like how I was uh, how I was telling y'all earlier, um, like you were saying about Pitbull. I think I still think he's probably one of the ones that will probably be on that stage along with J Lo and Shakira. If you just ask me. Um, but as far as everybody else, um, I'm gonna go back to when um, I think it was last year's Super Bowl, and it was in Atlanta, or or yeah, and what Jermaine Dupri did, he had you know like some like his hand in the pot when it came to the you know the production of not the halftime show, but it was kind of like a show for like rappers in Atlanta, like on the side. And he had that funded. So that's what I'm, you know, was kind of go say, like, there's a possibility that Rick Ross and uh, um, Trina, uh, Trick Daddy, Uncle Luke, and, you know, the OGs down there in, uh, based out of Miami, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, that they can perform down there, but just probably not on that main stage inside, you know, the, at the halftime show, it's, it it'll probably be secondary, but yeah, I mean, my thing is, I mean, I wouldn't even trip on it, like I said, because it wouldn't know um, big big name rappers in, in Atlanta for that Super Bowl, and Jermaine Dupri just did something, you know, secondary, you know, to kind of you know pay homage to to some of the rappers and stuff. So I, as far as that, it's a long season to go. Anything could change. You know, with that whole show, we got all the way up until February. So anything could change. Home, you know, just sit back and Jay. I'm pretty sure Jay. Pretty sure Jay would do something. You know, to pay homage to to the OGs in Miami. That's my take on that. What do you think they beat? Just like what Lee was saying, as far as I do, kind of like the idea if they do go with that, have somebody. Um, like um, put on a show, like a secondary thing throughout the week that they have, you know, Florida rappers um, mm-hmm. do throughout the week. But just like Lee was, I mean, just like Lee was saying, as far as that halftime show last year, I mean, you had Travis Scott and Big Boy and they was only out there 30 seconds apiece. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the point? And you're not getting paid for it, at least for that secondary show, you might get, you might get the bag. So, mm-hmm. and, 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 at that point, I mean, is it really is it really that is it really worth it? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, it's not the demographic they're going for. They're trying to please the masses, so they're going to go with the most popular pop acts that's close. Like we were saying earlier, even though they're, um, you know, that Latin Latina, you know, as for, as far as kind of trying to rep uh, Miami as far as that community goes, but. Yeah, they're gonna try to. Um, so, I mean, that's my thought. Man. They're gonna always do that because, you know, they tried it that one year. Uh, I believe it's two thousand one, two thousand two, when it was the Patriots and the uh, Panthers down in Houston, and then uh, Justin Timberlake uh, ripped off uh, Janet Jackson's wardrobe. She had a malfunction, and then ever since then, it's been they've been on some bullshit as far as um, black acts performing at the Super Bowl. I mean, they have had, you know, Beyonce, Usher, but they they're they have eclipsed that um 
they they're more mainstream and they have eclipsed, you know, that kind of stratosphere. And then even a couple of years ago with Beyonce, people was up there pissed that she came out, her and her girls and them Black Panthers um, uniforms and whatnot doing the Super Bowl. So I don't know. So like I said, it, they ain't going for the dem- our our type of demographic. They're going for the masses. So. They're trying to please them and not piss anybody off or any sponsors. So it's all yeah. that. that's my take on it. Just to kind of throw this in real quick before I swing it to Cal. Like you said, with Beyonce coming out uh Super Bowl 50 uh, with the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos, you know, it was, you know, uh, all kind of you know, stipulations or whatever, because she came out in the black suit, you know, her and her choreography and stuff like that. So, you know, they just need to chill because, you know, the OGs and based out of Miami and stuff like that, they will get some kind of, you know, recognition or whatever, whether it's leading up to the Super Bowl, whatever, the day of the Super Bowl, they, they just need to chill on that, you know. Cal? What you got? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm cool with them having performances throughout the week, but I would still like to see somebody, man, on the main stage with the ladies. You know, J Lo and Shakira gonna shake that ish. Oh yeah, all over the stage. But uh, you know, like I said, I would like to see somebody based out the city on the main stage. Just, just, just sit Rick Ross in the corner, let him eat lemon pepper weeds. <laughs> Oh. Let them eat on the liver pepper wings as they perform. <laughs> All the sauce, Ricky Rose. <laughs> sauce my liver pepper wings. <laughs> sauce. Well, yeah, man. I, like I said, I'd be cool with that. Just sit them in the corner, man, with some lemon pepper wings. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, man, but like I said, we'll find out. It's like Lee said, it's a long season ahead. You know, maybe hopefully they can satisfy the Florida-based rappers, man. I would like, to, you know, just just because just it's they city. You know, the Dolphins ain't doing it. <coughs> just, just give them something to celebrate on because they definitely ain't celebrating their football team. Uh, let's go on. I was going to talk a little bit about the Monday night game. I mean, I don't really think it's worth it. We can say that for uh, uh, Monday show. No, I was talking about uh, last Monday show. Because did we reiterate that on last show? No, we didn't talk about Monday game. We uh, did. It just passed. We talk, I mean, we did a preview of who we was going, who we thought was going to win. We all picked. Pink, but, uh, we did. We did pick Pittsburgh, and they blew their ass out the water. Yeah, they blew their ass out the water. Ain't nothing really. Which we all knew that. Mm-hmm. And we all knew that. But let's go on into the uh, the main event. Let's go on and get into the uh, the beef and the half of the segment. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, our Chiefs, will be going against the uh, Colts this Sunday night. Our first main what? Our first mainstream game of the year? Yeah, first first national televised, first national. <laughs> yeah, primetime game. You know, our first primetime game, we on the stage Sunday night. Uh, Lee, let's go ahead and uh, touch bases on the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, man. Like D-Beats, you know, was saying, you know, in the 
These boys is gold be flamed up in the all red on red, baby. I'm wrong. You know, uh, God, they, they, they go do a little special, special segment, you know, before the game. They're calling it Light Up Arrowhead, you know, with the fans having the app, you know, like putting the light on their phone, you know. So it's going to be pretty cool, man. Um, like I said, man, they're using that turn light up arrowhead you know that's what i want to see man i just want to see us um be be efficient on both sides of the ball all really all three phases i just wanted i just wanted to be a game to where you know um we just set the tone early you know, kind of like how we did in that playoff game against the coach last year, you know, uh, the first drive, you could just tell, you know, it was a three and out and we jumped on them early, you know, that's what we need, you know, get this, get this, get to see a red behind our boys, you know, let them pin their ears back, get a lead, uh, 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 Jacoby Brissett, uh, the coach quarterback, you know, you know, he, he's exceeds expectations, just like the quarterback in Pittsburgh and stuff. All these guys, they are what they are. They are exceeding expectations. I mean, you know, he's not a bum or nothing like that. You know, he's just exceeding expectations. So get after him with our, you know, core guys up front, you know, pin the ears back, get some pressure on him, force him to beat you, you know, really take away Marlon Mack because they're going to try to come in and implement this run. Um, the Chiefs are giving up a whopping six six yards per carry, you know, um, which ranked dead last in the NFL. And they're giving up a lot of the chunk of these yards in the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half. So I'm going back to like what I just said, fellas. Set the tone early. Stop Marlon Mack. You know they go try to run at us. You know, T.Y. Hilton, he's hurt. You know, uh, he's not going to be 100%, stuff like that. They have some main defensive guys on their side, Hooker um, and uh, – um, Leonard, their linebacker. So, you know, Indianapolis is banged up. I just feel this is a game where, you know, we get on track, you know, and click on all – clicking all three phases of this game. Mo Claiborne's coming back, you know. Uh, I want to see Pat, you know, he didn't put one in. He should have He should have put one in the end zone if Sammy Watkins hold on to that ball last year. I mean, uh, last game, you know, um, against the Lions. But he didn't throw no touchdown passes in the game versus the Lions. So I'm looking for Pat to be like, oh, okay, you know, it's nothing. Let me – let me snap back to my normal self. So it's gonna be live wire, man. Live wire at the head. See a red. 38, 38, 24, 38, 24. Chiefs, baby. It's my insight on that. I just want to see defense and offense. Do what you do what you're supposed to do. It's prime time. I'm I'm looking forward to this game. In fact, can't wait to Tune in with you fellas watching this game. Let's just bring the noise, man. Let's have a good show. Swing it to beats on this on this on this preview of this game. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and get into what I'm looking for in this game from our Kansas City Chiefs. One, just like Lee said, set the tempo early. 
on in all three phases of the game. I'm tired of these uh the last what three games that we've been in the first in the first quarter, you know, then teams drive on us and then you know, stalling on uh offense. And then mm-hmm. I want us to get off to a good start. You know, set the tempo early. Um also I um, I'm looking like Lee said, um as far as uh stopping the run, stop something, stop the pass, stop the run, take away something, god damn it. Uh mm-hmm. you can't have this today, god damn it, or tonight. You know what I mean? Take away the pass if they want to run it, then you know they want to limit possessions and run out the clock. So man, but you can't have that. Or you know, put the ball in Jacoby Grissett's hand and say, well, if you're gonna beat us, you're gonna have to beat us with your arm, buddy. But you can't have the run also. Take away something, goddammit. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, take away something. Be good at something, not just try to uh, you know, play this uh man but don't break defense and then you know having teams drive up and down on the field on you um as far as that go and then um you know i'm looking forward to uh morris claiborne coming back um maybe getting a couple snaps here and there i don't know how much he's going to play by i'm looking forward to that um as far as the offense um you know, do what we do, but I want to see our uh, wide receivers step up from what they did last week. I know the Colts don't play um, a lot of man and drop. I mean, they do drop a lot of people in zone, but they don't play man like uh, Detroit did last week because, you know, our wide receivers had trouble uh, with the physical uh, uh, corners and safeties of the uh, Detroit Lions. So I want to see our wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, Nico Hardman, uh, DeMarcus Robinson, um, you know, step up in uh, this game and do better than they did last game of getting separation. Uh, I'm looking for Pat to uh, pick up his game this week and get back on track, you know, get a couple uh, TDs this week. Um, I'm also looking forward to uh, just overall as far as offense and special teams as far as on kick return and uh, punt return, holding on to the ball. Um, you know me, I'm not a really good big fan of uh, gaining extra yards once you're pretty much stopped and trying to keep your legs moving so somebody can come in there and snatch the ball out. Go down, please. Just live to fight another down. God, leave. Um, and then as far um, I believe that that's pretty much what I want to see. And then as far as a prediction, I'm going to go 35 to 23, your Kansas City Chiefs, baby, five and no, yeah. I like I like I like that number. I like that number. Uh, let me just do something, hey, fellas. Another thing, another thing that's gonna be key, and I say his name again, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to have to be big in this game. They have two safeties out, uh, a linebacker. Uh, like I said, Kelsey has to be big in this game. I want to see Kelsey, you know, implemented as, like D. Beats was saying, you know, in with Miko Hardman, you know, all of all the wide receivers. Just to throw, tip, tip the hat to Kelsey. And uh, let me just kind of chime in. I'm going back to the the start situation. I got I got my keys in my hand. And it reminds me of when I had my Chevy, man, my Caprice, man. 
baby girl did not like to take off to a cold start. <laughs> you got to idle and take off to a hot start. And with that being said, the Chiefs need to take off with a hot start in all three phases of the game. I don't want that lollygag action on defense, letting the guys go down the field and all that stupid stuff that's been going on the last few weeks. Arrowhead is going to be rocking. I want to see a fast-paced start. I want the pedal on the foot on the pedal throughout the whole game. I expect big things from Pat bouncing back from the uh, crazy-ass game from uh, Detroit. Weird-ass game. I expect defense to do what they need to do to keep Pat on the field. Uh, Tyreek Hill did practice a little bit this week. He's not going to play in this game. But I don't really feel like I was. we were talking about it. I don't think it's a real need to rush Tyreek back because our wide receivers are capable. They just need to uh, catch the ball. Pat needs to be a little bit more accurate this week. Last week, like I said, it was a little bit weird of a game for Pat. I ain't, I've never seen that since he's been holding the keys to Arrowhead. But I want to see a fast-paced start. I believe it's going to be a good game. The kid, the quarterback from uh, the Colts, is not a slouch. He is. He does have game uh, in him, playing in the absence of uh, luck when he was hurt, now that he's been retired. So he's not a slouch. He's missing key players as well. But uh, I believe this would be a, a game that we should break out of this funk on all three phases. So I'm just ready to see it. I've, I've been excited. I was going to actually go to the game. I was offered a ticket to go. I'm going to sit and watch it with the fellas. You know what I'm saying? So we can have an opportunity to kind of talk and watch the game together. Uh, but like I said, I, I like the number Deontay came up with. I believe it's going to be a good game. Our offense is going to bounce back. Defense been under a microscope all year from us. Hopefully this will be a good game. You know, we got Clay, Claiborne back in that secondary. Hopefully it, it this will be the game that says it all for the Chiefs. You know, like 5-0. This is our year, Super Bowl or bust. And that's really all I got to really say on it. You know, like, I really – I don't know if we're going to do a little live thing tomorrow, but uh, like I said, I'm taking our Chiefs, and this should be a game that we should really break out in. Yeah. Ken and, and you know, uh, <clears throat> Shady McCoy and uh, D. Will, you know, want to see a good game by them. You know, just to take some pressure off Pat, you know, because – not not to say Pat needs any pressure <laughs> off of him, but, you know, get that ground game established, you know, uh, you know, because Sammy Watkins did pop up on the injury report where he's actually slated as questionable with a hamstring yeah. and a shoulder injury. So, um I'm pretty sure he will play, you know, they give him a couple shots, whatever he needs to go out and get amped up, you know, in a game, game day shape and form. So, you know, just to kind of keep some pressure, you know, set the set him up with a good play action, you know, get that get shady to running in between the tackles. Like I said, we all be sitting together, you know, enjoying a good dub. 
and uh, Shady did practice all week. He had a full practice week, so uh, he should be a little bit. Uh, he should be way more uh, elusive and ready to go, being that he had a full week of uh, practice. Um, anything else you want to reiterate on the DB? Uh, I just want to have your thoughts. Did you see where, um, you know, uh, Frank Clark had a press conference and he was up there pretty much saying that, you know, he's not um, – He's not pleased with his play, but you know, I mean, I I, I don't I didn't take it as as an excuse, but uh, he did re, reiterate that um, you know um, that he was getting double teamed, that they are running away from, and that he is opening things up for you know other guys to eat. You know, some uh, you know some people on Twitter or on social media didn't like what he had to say. You know. You know, he said something um, as far as, you know, as a um, as a fan, we watch, you know, we want to see on third down, you know, we want to get – you want the player to get the sack or whatever. But as far as his technique and stuff, he's doing what he needs to do, even though he hasn't gotten a lot of sacks. I just wanted your thoughts on that. Uh, me personally, like I said, I've been on his ass all year. And uh, – <laughs> I'm happy to say – I'm happy to hear that he's holding himself accountable. Yes, he is being double-teamed, but, I mean, we can't – I mean, he, he should know as a tier player that he is, top-tier player, that he that he will be getting double-teamed. And it's not going to be as easy to get uh, to the uh, offense. But I'm happy to hear that he's holding himself accountable. I mean, I want to see big things. Out of, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the kid. I do. I want to see big things from him. You know, shit, he's a $100 million man. I want to see – some productivity out of it, you know what I'm saying? You with you taking the place of D Ford and we lost Houston. These is dudes that was getting doubled as well. Houston did it for years, you know what I'm saying? So those were my guys. I, I loved Houston and I didn't even want to see Ford go. I think only reason why Ford got got kicked off the team because of that bonehead move in the fucking playoffs. You know, but I, I'm, I'm just hoping I'm just happy he's holding himself accountable for his play. That's that's really odd. Hey, what about you? Buddy? Yeah, just to reiterate on on, on Frank Clark, man. Um, like I just said in the previous podcast, I said a little quick, you know, snippet on him. He's doing his job, man. All the fun sacks, all the fun stats, I should say, will come. Um, I just listen. I just seen and listened to a little snippet from Chris Jones and everybody's looking at Jonesy as, you know, Jonesy is the best player on this defense bar, bar none. And for him to pay homage to Frank Clark, he didn't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is snack. This is sack nation, and you know, uh, I'm doing it all. No, that's a collective, a, a collective effort from those guys up front. And the reason why Jonesy is able to eat like that is because the extra attention that they're sliding to Frank Clark and stuff like that. Now nah, he don't have all the pretty boy stats right now. And a quarter of the season that's just passed, you know, um, he's doing his job, man. They're 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 swinging protections his way, chipping him, um, double double 
doubling down on him. And you got to ask yourself if, you know, <clears throat> pick your poison. You know, really, with the defensive line, you gonna let Frank kill you, or you gonna let Jonesy eat? You gonna let Okafor eat, or you gonna let Naughty kill you? You know, pick your poison. You know, you can't. That dude has earned that type of attention in this league. He's a he's a dog. You know, uh, he calls himself the Black Elvis. You know, uh, how he plays and performs. You know, so. Uh, I got faith in, in in Frank Clark. I see it on on tape, man. He's opening up stuff, you know, for his teammates and for Chris Jones to come out and say that, you know, uh, that just that just has to secure us as fans. Hey, yeah, it's not pretty stuff like that. I can remember it was games where. Derek Thomas will get all the action. Him and Dan Salamua and guys up front and Neil Smith would be quiet or, you know, he wouldn't eat as much, but as the as the game as the season went on, Neil Smith started to eat and stuff like that. So, it's a it's a it's a uh, um it's everything is a progress. Everything is going to come. You know, that's why I've been telling yet, you know, just, just quietly saying to, you know, you know, just let's just be patient. You know, it's a new scheme and stuff like that. Maybe Spags ain't asking him all the time to pin his ears back and go get a snack. So we got to realize that it's a new scheme at hand and everybody just has to get implemented in. His job, he's doing his job. That's all I want to say. He's giving time. And what about you, D Beats? I mean, I mean, I mean, pretty much what Lee said. Like, I mean, he's opening things up for everybody else. He's setting a good edge on the run. He's kicking things, making the uh, running back kick back inside. Now, as far as Chris Jones' body. They're filling the gaps, and then the linebackers behind them filling the gaps on some of those plays. That's where they're getting kind of gashed at on some of those things. Because he's making, he's making the, uh, the running back. So there's, there are things that he's doing to contribute. It just doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So that's that's all. Yeah, he said uh, he sets that edge a hell of a lot better than what D4 did. I seen some play, I seen some running backs and shit happen, like you said. They got to cut it back up. They can't get to that edge because Frank is really anchoring that edge down to where he's forcing everything back into hits. Uh, Damian Wilson and things of that nature. So, D4 was not a, a beast when it came to the run like that how Frank Clark is. D four was strictly pin uh he pin his ears back and rush the quarterback to try to get a sack. Mm-mm. He was not he, he didn't implement mm-hmm. run defense like that. We just give it time. It's all go come big dog. And uh, I, I think it will too for him man. like I'm pulling for him. You know what I'm saying? I just happy that it he had had that press conference and kind of was saying what we've been saying. You yeah. know uh his exact, his exact comment, listen, his exact comment, I liked this dude ever since he came because he made the comment during training camp. He felt our defense had to go out, and he put it in these words, let our nuts hang. 
he created that swagger type of swagger and type of physicality that you never heard from a Chiefs defender like that, like that in years past. He said that, and like he said with this comment during this press conference, he said, yeah, tackles are good, but they don't pay my bills. Sacks do. So he knows, <laughs> he knows just having one and a half sacks so far, thus far, you know, is, is kind of underlined where he should be at. So he'll pin his ears back. Don't worry. All right. Well, like I said, uh, the Chiefs, like I think we all agree, uh, this will be a good game moving on. Uh, we look forward to Chiefs to come out with the dub. And let's just uh, keep it going for the Chiefs, man. Like I said, this is our year, Super Bowl of Bust, and we will be 5-0 and after this Sunday night. But uh, last week, we kind of touched bases on the pensions of professional uh, athletes, which uh, the NFL is definitely not taking care of their uh, vets as they should. I got a breakdown of the uh, NBA and MLB. Which one do you guys think, before I read them all, has the better uh, pension? The NBA. I'm gonna go. Okay. What about I'm gonna them? go MLB. Okay. All right. NBA players they are vested into their pension plans after playing at least three seasons in the league. Okay. So say for instance, if you're drafted and you play less than three years or you get hit with a major injury that you can no longer play, let's say like uh, the old uh, Chicago uh, point guard that was a baller. Uh, what was it, Jason Williams? Yeah, Jay okay, he went down, what, after his first year? Yeah. He in a motorcycle accident? He didn't even play a year. He went down, but he yeah. didn't even play a, a, a one game in the NBA. Okay. And mind you, I said you had to play three years in order to be vested. So he never received the pension because he got hurt. So NBA players uh, that retire, they do have a more lucrative package of $56,000 per year, mm. which is not a bad retirement. Mm. As a health player, they get it throughout their whole playing career, and they receive it five years after retiring but they do get a bigger pension than NFL players. So, But it takes you three, three years to receive it. So basically the pensions, like your original question, so basically the MLB's pen, I mean the NBA's pension and everything is greater and better than Major League Baseball pension, right? Well, let's, let, let me go on to the other one first. Okay, okay. They do receive a lot more money. They do receive a lot of money. They do. They, they almost they almost receive sixty grand a year. So that's not bad. Uh, for the MLB, just after forty three days in the major, uh, they must play forty three days in the major to earn an annual thirty four thousand dollars pitching plan. Just one day in the major league gets them lifetime health care. After ten years in the league. Benefits grow to $100,000 per year. Wow. So, so after playing 43 days in a major, they're earning towards their annual pension. 
of $34,000 a year. Oh, shit. That's so major league you, base, that, That's major league baseball pitches by far. And if you and if your first day in the majors, you get lifetime health care. Wow. I'm, I'm going to go, go ahead then, Lee. Go ahead. I was just going to say, <laughs> man, those numbers and the things that you have to do to it's just it's it just blows the NBA and the NFL out the water. Like that's what you the NBA and the NFL needs to take care of their athletes just how the how the major league baseball association is doing. Now, as far as getting into those numbers and things of that nature, those is all the numbers that I needed to hear. And and not to cut you off, Lee, I got one more thing to say. This was the pension plan back in 2011. This is the current one. They still receive a minimum of $34,000. But guess what now? The maximum is $220,000. Two hundred twenty thousand a year. Yikes! And they still get lifetime coverage. Mm. Yeah. Hey, man, that's all I was gonna say. And I'm gonna swing it to beats. The NFL need to step their game up, and the NBA when it comes to pensions and things like that, health care. No, 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 no. Especially the NFL. The NFL ought to be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, yeah. They should be. This is a violent sport. <laughs> I don't get it. The healthcare uh, uh, diagram and things like that with the MLB, the worst thing you got, you, you're looking at with these guys is, you know, uh, pictures with Tommy John and things of that nature. Yeah, they could, you know, start experiencing joint failure and stuff like that in their arms and legs, but dude, come on. NFL especially. The NFL ought to be ashamed of themselves. They really should because those numbers that you just mentioned now compared to 2011 and 2012, are you kidding me? Man, that's all I'm going to say on that. The NFL really, along with the NBA too, don't get me wrong, the NBA too, the NFL really ought to be ashamed of themselves. Go ahead and touch up on that beat. Uh, just a quick caveat. I already knew that it was the MLB because I had a uh, cousin that played in Major League Baseball for 10, well, 10 plus years. So I already knew that going off rip. So, I mean, that's why he would always say I, he don't, he didn't understand why more Black athletes play baseball because the benefits as far as on your body and afterwards is um, is better than these other sports. But, you know, that's seen as a white man's game, so uh, I guess. But as far as, like you said, the uh, the NFL should be ashamed of itself. The NBA is getting better. It's, uh, it's way better than what the NFL is doing because the NFL is doing jack shit. Right. So... And, and to mention, it's it's about the availability of the sport. True. I mean, in, in more urban areas, is basketball and football. Mm, right. Baseball is not really a hot item in urban kids versus for people that 
has better means of life. If I had a kid growing up, I'm putting his ass in baseball. <laughs> yeah. For real. You know what I'm saying? Because it's more lucrative, and they're going to take care of you after the game. But I think the NBA is is catching up with MLB because M- MLB players been getting $100 million-plus contracts for years. And it's guaranteed. NBA players. And it's guaranteed. NBA players is just now getting to that level. So I think as years pass, NBA players' uh, pension plans will catch up to the MLB. The one that I worry about the most is NFL players. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a, it's like a cattle market. They don't care. It's what you can do for us now, and that's it. After the game, we don't care. We don't care if you were superstars or big ticket items for the game. They, they don't care, and it's fucked up. But like I said, uh, baseball is the way to go. But like I said, it's all about availability. You know, kids in the urban areas are not worried about baseball. They want to play what they see. You know, uh, maybe what their dads watch or their uncles watch, whatever man, male figure that's in their life. We watching basketball and football. We ain't watching no soccer. And we may watch baseball in the World Series, but or if our team's in it, but it's just not a big thing among us, baseball. You know, not now. Mm-mm. You know, back when my dad was a kid, they were playing baseball because that was the big sport at the time. But uh, anything else you guys got to say about the pension situation? No. Well, like I said, that's a couple, that's some real staggering uh, numbers there. But uh, like I said, I believe the NBA is right on the cusp of uh, getting up there with the MLB. But uh, it seems like the NFL is in um, pre-story mode when it comes to uh, taking care of their players and helping changes for them. Um, But that kind of concludes another episode of Sports Talk KC. I'm your host, Cowboy slash Cowboy. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's Cal Yahoo checking for us. Uh, D Beats, where can they find you? They're looking for you, buddy. Uh, they can find me, D Beats 1492, on Twitter, YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, and I also want to plug my other podcast that I do with my cousin, uh, MK Shaw. We talk about trending topics, and then we also discuss like different things going on within our community as far as like mental health relationships, different stuff like that. And that podcast is called Let Us Talk Our Shit. So that's all I got. Swing and delete. Yep. Lee86. Keep hitting me up at Radham Jones on Facebook. You know, uh, like I said, man. Yeah. Uh, Just hit us up. Let us know that y'all tuning in. Like I say, every podcast at the end, we appreciate it and everything for the support and and everything that we're doing, bringing it to you. So once again, I look forward to being with my fellas to bring in this 5-0 win, baby. Showtime and prime time. Yeah. You know, just just keep hitting us up, man. <laughs> just keep hitting us up and letting us know y'all tuning in and 
tune in to see what what like big dog say what the chatter is all about. So on that note, we we holla. Uh-huh. All right now, Cheeks Nation, baby. Yeah. Uh-huh.